Hello, everyone. I hope you're healthy, well, safe, and doing everything you can to uh, prevent the spread of COVID-19. Uh, it's a tough time now for the global uh, community, the squash community, every community right now. So uh, I just hope everybody out there is healthy and well and doing uh, uh, your due diligence to help uh, stem the spread of uh, COVID-19. I'm your host today of episode 128 of the In Squash podcast, and I'm really delighted to have back on. Uh, he was here on episode uh, 76. It's episode 128 now, and uh, he has some great thoughts on uh, COVID-19 squash, the mental aspect of the game, and many other things. Max Withers, uh, he came to notoriety uh, on the global scene in the squash community back in 2018 as he was uh, Miguel Rodriguez's uh, and still is I'm assuming his uh, mental coach uh, for a few years leading up to that event and uh, of course Miguel won the 2018 British Open and Max was uh, very helpful in helping him get to uh, raise that trophy and uh, we revisit that uh, a little bit on today's podcast. Now Max uh, is a former Canadian national team member back in the uh, back in the mid to late 80s early uh, 90s. He also played professionally uh, on tour for several years but he's also a very prolific uh, outside the box kind of guy particularly when it comes to his entrepreneurial uh, sense and uh, his ventures there. In fact I remember uh, back it would have been in the mid 80s I went I, I uh, did some training with Max uh, at, and he was still a junior back then would have been in under 19 maybe maybe would have been 19 or 20 years old stayed at his place for a few days and I remember he even back then he had this entrepreneurial sense I forget what it was he was uh, into at the time but I think it might have been uh, lawn furniture or something uh, even at a young age he was thinking along those lines and have obviously uh, since then it's expanded and grown I wonder if he's still uh, involved in, in that uh, business venture but I didn't get to ask him but uh, at any rate uh, we get to talking quite a bit uh, about the mental game about uh, uh, his thoughts on COVID-19 and squash and how uh, what we can do to help obviously to help prevent the spread of the disease his he, he's uh, done a lot of research in fact he's just put up a facebook page on uh, which includes information that he he believes he weeds it out and he believes the information he's put there is the most valuable most sensible there's a lot there's a lot of panic uh, driven stuff out there and maybe maybe a case of too much information so I think what he's trying to do on his page, and he'll uh, let, he'll tell us exactly where it is uh, on Facebook, but uh, giving us uh, good information that uh, you know we don't have to sift through uh, and find the right stuff. He he's putting it all there. So Max gets in into a bit of that, but also in relation to squash, he has some views on what we can do to stay sharp on court. Particularly, uh, I get to. I wanted to ask him about the mental side of, of that uh, thing, and he has some interesting thoughts on, on that. And then uh, he's also got some uh, very obviously various uh, business ventures that are ongoing. He He's currently in Cartagena in Colombia, and uh, obviously there's lockdown going on there. And um, uh, prior to that, uh, I believe he has uh, several businesses uh, going on uh, outside of squash but also a little bit connected to uh, squash as well so we get in a, we get to talking about 
a whole range of topics, squash, business, COVID, you name it. Uh, Max Withers today on episode 128. Uh, you were on the podcast uh, about a year and a half or so ago, and it was really great to, to have you on back then. Uh, uh, close, uh, a good friend of mine from back in Canada in the squash scene. And uh, Max, um, you came to sort of uh, people's attention after the British Open uh, when Miguel Rodriguez, who you work with, we'll get into that a little bit uh, later on. That was sort of the, the crux of our first episode. But uh, uh, for people in Canada, people in North America, and uh, those in Colombia, they probably... Uh, know who you are and uh, but uh, for those the, the casual listener or maybe uh, others who listen may not know who you are um, can you give us a little background on, on your squash uh, story and uh, and you're doing a lot more than squash right now which we'll uh, get into a bit later on as well but uh, give us a bit of a, a backstory on the, the legend Max Withers <laughs> <laughs> right well first of all jerry thank you very much for inviting me back on um during this uh, very important time in uh probably our lives i think the stuff that you're doing with squash in general is, is really important spreading the word it's a it's a great voice to have out there um sharing all the information it's, it's really uh interesting to get the stories from all the people and, and what's what's going on so and thank you um, for all your hard work, first of all. Appreciate it. Thanks. So, yeah. Uh, so I learned squash, actually, in the Bahamas. Uh, that's where I grew up, in Nassau. Um, one of my uncles is uh, actually from England, from London, and um, married my, my mom's uh, oldest sister. And uh, I learned from him. Uh, I went to school, primary school in, in Nassau until I was 14, and I went to Toronto, Ontario, and continued my classes with... Um, and guys like Tony Swift and uh, who was the national coach at the time, um, Terry Dietrich, probably not too many people have heard of, Billy McDonnell, who was actually, uh, I think he was, he was actually drafted for the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins at one time. Um, and Billy coached me for a while as a junior when I got over to Toronto. Uh, got second in the uh, Canadian Junior Championships under 16 and then went on to win the, um, the under 19 uh, a few years later, and those were time, uh, those, there were some deep uh, deep draws back in the day as well. So so you must have uh, had to have played some pretty strong opposition at that time. Yeah, uh, so the guys that grew up with me were Gary Waite, who also got I think uh, top fifteen, top thirteen, ten in the world. Uh, Jamie Crombie, who's still playing down in the states. Um, a guy by the name of Bruce Bicknell, who was up from Jamaica. Uh, actually played him in the finals. I beat Gary in the semifinals, and I think uh, Crombie in the in the semifinals. I, I beat uh, Bruce in the finals. Um, then I got Bob, a contract. Bob Ballinger as well. But I did I did play him in, in a few tournaments uh, that year as well. Uh, the Interior Championships or maybe the Canadian Championships the year before, out in Ajax. <laughs> Those were fun days. But then yeah, so I I got a contract from Unsquashable that year uh, in January. Started training um, with Ramat Khan and and Jahangir. And then after I won the Canadian Junior Championships in May, I went over to London and spent five months. I signed a five-year contract with Ramat. I uh, trained over in London for a while with um, with those guys and all the Pakistani guys, the Australians, the Kiwis, whoever was in London, Wembley at the time was the hot spot. And uh, then I turned pro and played played pro basically for ten years. 
and um, we didn't have a squash in the Pan Am Games at the time, but I was I was ranked number three behind uh, Sabir Butt and uh, and um, and Gary Waite, and uh, and then eventually I got into coaching. Um, started uh, coaching at uh, places like uh, Princeton University and uh, Dartmouth College and the Summer Junior pro- uh, Squash programs, and I really enjoyed it. And I I really found I learned a lot more um, about the game when I started speaking to all the coaches and sort of opened my mind to what else was, you know, what else was there to learn. So fast forward uh, to, to today, I, I, well, 10 years ago, I've been in, I've been in Colombia and Cartagena now for 10 years and, and um, almost 10 years this year and uh, started realizing that the real essence of the top players, not just squash, but athletes in general, um, was really the mental side of it. People that were really making a difference and dominating their sport were mentally stronger than than the others, and they were doing something much different. Um, and the way I got around this is when I when I actually got to Cartagena, I started a business, um, a travel agency, a rental rental business, uh, which is completely dead right now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that uh, like everything uh, else, yeah. We, yeah, we Colombia uh, closed all borders for international flights last week, um, and it's actually starting tomorrow. We're going to have a 19-day mandatory curfew. Um, so no one's allowed in and out except for emergency food, medical, that sort of stuff. But what happened was in 2000, 2010, 2011, I started working with um, a guy by the name of John Asraf, who was actually in the, the movie The Secret. And um, he was very he was very much uh, part of my interest and my growth um, for my business here in Cartagena. And he, he focused really on the mindset and, and the, the science behind how the, how the brain and the mind works. And he helped my business in that way. So what I did really was I, I took all that knowledge um, that I that I got from him, himself and a few other coaches, Bob uh, Bob Proctor and, and some other coaches from The Secret. And I sort of uh, created a system for, for squash. And uh, and that's when I started working with Miguel a little bit. And um, to be honest, most, most of my clients are our business clients uh we have um, recently the biggest problem with with the the pandemic that's going around is um all the fear factors that uh mm. that's that's happening with with the staff and, and so forth and and so people and you know owners of companies are, are concerned about how how their staff's going to be uh, during the during these times and they want to keep them calm and relaxed and and maintain some sort of um stability so that uh, when everything does clear up you know we we have a, a shot of getting our lives back together. So that's that's basically where we what we've gotten to, to to this point. Right on. Well, yeah, that's a that's quite the the backstory from squashed in Canada to the pro circuit uh, there, and now in Cartagena, uh, coach uh, men, mental coaching uh, the business and the squash scene there. Let's just uh, if you don't mind, uh, Max, I want to just take a little bit of a look back now. I know uh, we talked a bit about uh, Miguel's win at the British Open the last time you were on. And uh, in the aftermath of that, uh, I was was just wondering, uh, uh, obviously you you had a name for yourself there and uh, a bit of a name uh, outside of uh, Colombia. But uh, did things uh, change at all for you in that regard after uh, that that British Open uh, win? I I mean, it's... It's all. It's always good to have some of your work become become a little bit more popular due due to the uh, success of, of some other people um, and some clients. So definitely, it uh, it did help. Um, but like I said, like mo- most of my clients have always been business clients. Uh, so it's it's one of those things where you know I, I actually learned this information from from John, uh, John Asraf, and 
a lot of people aren't aren't too familiar with his his background, but his his you know he started off actually in real estate, um, and and grew one of the he bought a franchise of uh, from Remax for Indiana and, and grew that company to over four point five billion dollars and he started another company after that, uh, which was a, a lot of people are not familiar with the name of it. It's called Bamboo.com and it took that company from from three people to 1,300 people, I think within uh, two, two, three years, and took it, to the, uh, took it public uh, after a few years. Basically, that a lot of people might not know the name bamboo.com, but back in the day, it was when the, uh, you're familiar with that, um, that uh, system where if you moved your mouse up and down, you have that 360 degree visual of, a, of an apartment or a hotel oh, yeah, room. Yeah. Okay, so that was his technology that he developed with, with two other guys from San Francisco. Okay. And so he, he built that, um, that company up and then they, I think they, they went public and, and then he pulled out of that with, uh, I think about um, close to two or $3 billion. Uh, so he's, he's built two, you know, multi-billion dollar companies and, and I think five or six multi-million dollar companies. And now he just does um, coaching based on, on the mental approach to things. So that's that's how I I really got into the, the mental side of, of coaching and, um, and I guess your profile uh, in the squat within the squash uh, circles probably uh, e- evolved after after what happened to Miguel, but that wasn't necessarily uh, the crux of what you do on a daily basis, though. Is kind of what you're saying, right? Yeah, um, maybe in squash, it, yeah, that that really helped a lot, um, but. Um, and squash, squash really represents, uh, you know, less than 5% of, of my client base. It's, uh, it, it is a, an interesting game. I love it. I, uh, you know, I've played it all my life since I was 10, basically. I personally, um, you know, as, as everyone knows, like most, most of the people that play squash, they probably play it till they, uh, they can't play anymore, can't run anymore. <laughs> right, <laughs> so right. It's one of those, it's one of those lifer games. Uh, yeah. You just get addicted to it and love it. Um, no, I still I still love playing. I I, I was uh, actually planning to play the uh, the World Seniors World Masters in in, um, in Poland this year. In Poland, but yeah. What's going to happen with that? Um, it's probably going to be postponed or yeah or, uh, or cancelled. Uh, so there's there's a lot of things um, that I love about the game, and and um, I'll continue to to work hard to help uh, people in the squash community. Um, you know, in Cartagena, we we have a uh, a program for for uh, uh, kids and um, you know we did a we did a program I did a presentation just uh, just last week actually early last week or two weeks ago it was very encouraging to see what what's happening here and, and um, helping helping the kids with the mindset program is, is very important to me as well and just sharing the knowledge uh, basically I think it came up came around at, at the right time and you know we've, we've still kept in touch over the internet um, which by the way um, you know, it's going to save, uh, save a lot of people during these times. Uh, you know, 100%. Like Facebook yeah. And, yeah. and, um, all the systems that we have, I mean, we're, we're living in probably the most advantageous technologically advanced time. Yeah. Uh, no, we're f- extremely well informed on just about everything. Uh, almost, I mean, almost to a detriment sometimes. I mean, uh, like you were yeah. talking about earlier, uh, the panic aspect of it. Uh, obviously this is a, you know, a very serious thing that we need to deal with. But then if you, uh, you know, I just turned on CNN. Uh, I've tried not to read CNN, but uh, I, I just uh, looked at their homepage the other day and it was like, 
I couldn't read. It was just so, it was all terrible news. I mean, and that, that could really get to you if you spend the whole day reading, you know, watching that on TV. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get into a little bit about that actually, if you want, because um, that's, that's one of the things I'm helping some of the companies with and, and their staff is that some, some of the commercial use companies, uh, part, part of the advertising industry, I've got two other companies that I run besides, besides my, um, besides my rental agency, the advertising agency is, is a very interesting one at that. And it, some of the companies have been using tactics for many years to, to draw customers in. And one of, one of them is to create the bad news. And we, we, we have a mental um, sort of uh, bias to the negative. Um, that, that is historically and uh, uh, being a survival tactic for the brain uh, so that we are always looking out for the worst case scenario as, as a case of survival. For example, you know, the brain that we have now is about roughly about 100,000 years old, um, hasn't changed much, but however, the world has. Um, 100,000 years ago, you know, we were looking out for the saber-toothed tiger, things that might kill us, a, a certain kind of berry or, or uh, today, you know, we don't, we don't have that kind of stuff. We, you know, we don't, nobody runs up to or walks by or recognizes a, a big bus as a as a, an animal that's good, that's going to attack us and run us over. So the, the brain has, has, has advanced obviously quite a lot and is actually, uh, I just read some information uh, recently, which, uh, which talks about how the brain is trying to advance and keep up with the technology. Um, mm. Just hasn't been able to do that just quite yet. Um, so we have a, we have a default bias just based on evolution um, to look out for the, for the bad things. So, what the advertising agency did basically is they they present all the bad stuff and then they show you a commercial which is which hopefully picks you up so right it it, it increases the the intensity of um, bad to good and once you get those good feelings going through your your uh, your mind then you have a more propensity uh, to to buy that product so yeah, one of the one of the main things with with news and social media is is to maintain a uh, a very low profile. Um, mm. Just hop, hop on, get your messages, hop off, and you have to be very disciplined with this right now because yeah. uh, because of all the excess of you don't want to be bombarded because the other thing that's going to happen is you know at, in terms of mindset is that you know the more the more you you load your your mind with this sort of information, the more you think about it, yeah. the more you think about it, the, uh, the more that it's going to maybe the less stuff. productive you are in your, what your, your daily routines as well. Yes, ex exactly. It's, mm. um, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those things that when you, once you start thinking about something negative, it starts to bother you. And the more you think about it, the more it bothers you. And uh, yeah, that's it's just it's just one of those things that you have to you have to avoid. You have to. I, I'm a I'm a big um, fan of making lists. So one of the one of the best things to do during the during the day, or actually the night before, is to create a list of all the things you need to do uh, the next day, and and blocking those out. So you have uh, a timeline to do each thing, and you don't get distracted from them. So. Yeah. That's um, that's really that's really key, uh, you know, in avoiding avoiding too much uh, over overexposure to to social media because yeah. CNN is is probably one of one of the well 
Well, they, it, it, it is they're just doing what they want to do too. They've got their their agenda, right? <laughs> yeah, they've they've got their they've got their uh, their program that they've run for 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 many years, and and that's how they that's how they survive. You know, yeah, that's how they that's how they've done it. I just want to ask you, uh, Max. We'll obviously talk a bit more about about that as well. Uh, but in terms of um, the mental game, the mental aspect uh, of the squash game, has it uh, or for you especially, has your approach evolved uh, since uh, the two years have passed or have you actually gone deeper and discovered uh, through your, you know, through what you know and your experiences, uh, even more uh, knowledge and more techniques that uh, sort of brought, uh, you know, made uh, Miguel and others that you've coached successful. Have you, uh, has that evolved or, or do you stick uh, pretty much to what you, you know and, that, and that's what works? Yeah, so, you know, the program that I started with Miguel, um, that was, you know, Miguel is probably the first guy that I started working with um, on a serious level. And, um, but that was 2000 and, 2010 2011 so it's, it's quite a while ago yeah i mean you started working with him well before the, the british open yeah exactly so a lot of it's you know learning learning how to implement all, all of the information um but of course the, the to answer your question yeah we've you know we've come a long way since then and there's there's new stuff i, I started an online certification program um or mental trainer certification Mm -hmm. uh, program and and uh, that was level one so I'm actually developing a level two now which is going to go into a lot more stuff um, so for example uh, we learned a lot about the mindset back then and how to implement the mindset how to how to create uh, affirmations and, and something called affirmations and creating goals and achieving goals certain types of behaviors how to trigger those behaviors um, creating uh, habit loops uh, proper habits, um, uh, something to, something that that stimulates the, the reward path, and all sorts of stuff like that. But now we're finding out new information about, um, for example, the the, the gut, and uh, you know how you sometimes you get that gut feeling, um, yeah. whether something is right or wrong, or yeah, if yeah. you're scared, or yeah, we get that all, we get that just, all the time, don't we? Right. So um, although we've we've always spoke spoken about the mind. And, and how the brain controls a lot of stuff. Um, there's there's a group of cells uh, within the gut that actually works similar to the brain. It's called the enteric uh, nervous system. And that nervous system is why we get that feeling about uh, funny, a funny feeling in the gut um, if we're scared of something. So if you think about it, think about it evolutionary wise that, uh, you know. The nerves are triggered from down there too, aren't they? I mean, uh, you yeah, get so, what so. they call butterflies, right? Uh, butterflies are it's sort a, of in, the, in that general vicinity. Yeah. yeah, so that's the enteric nervous system. So the enteric nervous system actually sends 80% of messages to the brain and the brain only sends about 20% to the enteric nervous system. So there's there's something going on in there that, that leads, leads us to believe that um, there is some kind of a thought pattern that's happening and it's sending signals to the brain uh, where the brain can then send messages to the, bot to, to the rest of the body to either move away from or towards a certain, certain area. So we're learning a lot about, about that now. And then quite recently, uh, you know, I've, I've discovered some more information about actually all the organs that are sending information uh, to each other through, through the blood system. So you know, the lungs are doing it, the heart is doing it, um, kidneys, 
all the organs are basically sending messages to each other to do or not do or 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 work work on something. So it's it's really expanded quite a lot. So uh, we we knew before that the heart and and the uh, the gut area had had similar brain um, cells, but uh, what we've recently found out now is that a lot of the organs are actually communicating with each other. Right. So it's, uh, it's almost like having thoughts and brains and, and um, all the communication patterns that, that we originally thought was just coming from, from the brain, the brain in, in our heads, uh, now is expanded to, to many levels. Mm. So, so, it is, so it is quite interesting. Um, subsequently, um, to go back to your point about CNN and, and all the bombardment, you know, I, start, I, I decided to start a Facebook group um, last week, which is, uh, which is called the... Uh, corona mindset um, survival community mm-hmm. and basically i wanted to bring people information there and not bombard them with okay here's another case there's another hundred cases uh, people are dying here and there so forth and get away from the negativity um, not that it is there of course we're aware of that but to really get them to focus on things that are going to be useful tips re- reliable sources mm. um, testimonials you know, reliable, reliable information testimonials mm. yeah there's a because there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on out there and yeah you I don't wanna, know what wanna, to believe these days there's so it, much information exactly. yeah there's a lot of information some of it's good some of it's bad and you know my my thing was that uh, I, I i wasn't seeing anything out there where i can just go and find all the good stuff and and not have to read about uh you know all the bad stuff and, and be overloaded with with information that what's the name there. of the 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 uh the page again it's on facebook yeah. it, it is on yeah. facebook it's called mm-hmm. the corona mindset survival community corona mindset survival community okay that's correct. in fact i jo- i think i joined max uh, today uh, yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks for inviting me I, you're very welcome i i think <laughs> by far by far the mindset is going to be the number one tool to get through this, um, yeah. this pandemic. Because well, you have to be we, positive, we, but you have to be uh, mindful as well. I mean, yeah, at the same there's, time, there's a lot, there's a lot of cool little things that people are coming up with and tips and stuff like that. And uh, I'll give you, I'll give you an example just, um, just within my family is that, you know, uh, right now in Colombia we have um, a complete national um, lockdown. So you can only go out, out of the house, and one member can only go out of the house to get uh, groceries or or um, medicine or or important uh, stuff like that. But nobody can go to work or so forth. But for example, when you come back in, we know that the virus can can be uh, transmitted uh, several ways, and one of them is is cross contamination, which means basically someone can cough. That that cough could land on person's clothing um, the clothing can be taken back into the house and then transmitted onto somebody's hands where they then put put it in their mouth or or nose or 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 eyes or it could actually somebody could cough and that the virus can go on on the floor it could be um, could, uh, you could step on it and then walk back into the house where kids can mm. could actually um, if they're playing on the floor, they could uh, they could touch touch the floor and pick up the virus that way, and then yeah, the transmission of uh, of COVID nineteen is unlike uh, anything we've ever dealt with. It's not definitely uh, the comparisons of it and the flu are are not. I mean, uh, maybe yeah. maybe some of the symptoms like 
you know, the fever, maybe the, the sore throat or, you know, things like that might be similar, but uh, the transmission aspect of it is uh, completely different. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the way these things survive. I mean, they, they are a living organism as well. And their main objective is, is to survive. So they're looking, always looking for hosts um, to, to do this. And, and they've, you know, they, we've always known like these, these viruses, uh, I, I, by the way, just as a disclaimer, I'm not a doctor and I'm, I'm, I don't no. study virology or any of that kind of stuff. But what I, what I do really well is, is, is my research and, and um, tie that in with, with, with how we can, uh, we can use that um, in a purposeful, mindful way. So just to let people know that right off the bat. But yeah, we found, we found for example, that um, the, the, COVID, the COVID-19 is actually the end, the end uh, part of, of the virus. Um, so, the, so the actual coronavirus um, gets transmitted and, and the, uh, the infection is called the COVID-19. So just to distinguish the two. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, you know, we need to, to be very, very aware of, of what we can do. Um, for example, if you're going out of the house, I'll give, just give you a quick tip. Um, before you come back in, you take your shoes off outside. Um, any clothes that that you have on, you put them in the wash right away, which which will destroy the, uh, mm. the virus. Mm-hmm. Um, and wash your shoes down completely. Um, so you'll have to have a couple pairs of shoes uh, on the ready to go while the while the other one's drying. But those those are some some uh, a very simple thing. Um, another really simple tip, obviously, is, is washing your hands every 15-20 minutes. Uh, to prevent you from touching your face uh, with, with contamination, um, the virus is known to to um, stick to hair and uh, metal objects and can survive for a certain amount of time. So it's important that there's no hair lying around the house, or if you um, if you go if you do go outside, that you do wash your hair uh, properly. And pretty much uh, what we know, the simple soap, uh, bubbly soap, um, foamy soap will will be suffice. You don't have to put um, any sort of harsh chemicals or that kind of stuff. Um, tea tree right. oil is a really good product if you have it around, or if you, if you don't, if you get, if you can get soap or, or liquid. That's an and people, and people uh, if they're if you know if they're they're looking for tips or looking for the latest uh, information, they can find that on your on their on your page. You're keeping keeping it uh, updated with relevant uh, information yeah. and interesting uh, new. Uh, new things coming up because every day there's we're learning something new exactly so yeah. so the, the the page is um you know we've got over 100 members in, in less than a week and and the idea is to, to spread that information so we want to keep it light we want to you know one of the other things that i've encouraged people to do is, is share um humor uh hum- mm. humor uh is is an important thing to to uh to have in your daily life it, it uh, releases endorphins which yeah. um which builds up your immune system um, I've got some pretty cool stuff with a, a guy by the name of Wim Hof uh, from Holland, who who's a, a master at, at um, shutting down what scientists thought were previously un, un, uh, impossible from, from the human body. Um, that, that guy's done some amazing things. Uh, we've got some breathing exercises for him, uh, from him, um, which which helps you also to it actually blocks out the uh, the flight 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 fight. Uh, part of your 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 brain, which um, 
I mean, I, I don't know, but I mean, you, you've had a, a long history on, on the squash court, uh, Max, but I mean, looking back at my uh, limited uh, successes on the squash court, I've had a few wins back in my day in, in Atlantic Canada, and, and I, I can just remember some of them were, you know, some of the, maybe the upsets that I pulled off. It was, I was always, you know, kind of joking around with people and ha- having a good laugh before those matches. And I'd go on, but, go on the court and just, just play so well, you know? Yeah, and everyone reacts differently. I mean, Usain Bolt was a, was a master at that. Before every, every race, he'd always be, you know, uh, making jokes um, yeah. uh, with, with the guys that were helping, you know, the kids that were helping with, uh, with the kit, removing, removing the sweat, sweater, uh, tracks it, so forth. Yeah, um, he'd, he'd always be making jokes. Um, that was a form of relaxation. So Ty, Tyson he, Fury, heavyweight, yeah, exactly. heavyweight champion. I mean, that that guy's as funny as it gets, and <laughs> almost right right up until he, you know, until they ring the bell, he's he's having a good laugh. Yeah, well, I mean, the, these guys, uh, whether they do it naturally or whether they've been taught to do it, that's a very important um, part of the relaxation uh, mm. program that you have to incorporate into your day and especially you know during the during the next um, month or a couple of months like we really don't know how long this is going to last but it's a it's a good time to learn this stuff and and, and we know um you know ha- habits like this will will take uh, anywhere from from two to three months that, and sometimes longer so yeah um we've got some time to learn about them and, and uh actually build neuro uh neural pathways to create these these what i what i called uh um, ha- habits that work in your favor. So mm. you want um, you want things that are gonna uh, that are gonna help you in life to increase the quality of your life. That's that's um, that's what this page is all about. Yeah, and yeah, definitely. So, uh, now, Mac, yeah, Mac, so, so he, if you wouldn't mind he, uh, if you wouldn't mind indulging me here for a second, I just want to. A few years ago, one of my colleagues at the college that I'm working at, he's a he's a psycho- he's in the fa- uh, psychology department and uh, he uh, referred a book to me called the uh, freedom flight i don't know if you've read it uh, it's can i think the, the guy's canadian larry basham is his name and it's uh, freedom flight the origins of mental power and in the book he talks about uh, or gives this anecdote i'm not sure there might be a lot of hyperbole involved but uh, anecdote of this a uh, u.s prisoner of war in vietnam he was in prisoner of war, I think, for two years. And uh, he was an avid golfer, not a great golfer uh, by all accounts, but an avid golfer. And for two years, he visualized golf uh, training technique, uh, you know, just the shots and and the techniques that he had learned before, visualized playing. And when he was released and ended up back in the U.S., he had his best rounds. As soon as he got back, his best ever scores uh, on the golf course. Now, this leads me to this question uh, with how relates to squash we're going to be many of us are away from the game now uh not being able to uh to sort of get on court um we can manage to hit a ball up against a wall and things like that but visualization is definitely critical uh during these times i think so what what would you recommend because uh, i know you're a big you were big on visualizing uh, uh when it came to miguel's success that was part of the the, the routine that you had him go through, uh, you know, under these circumstances, what would you recommend in terms of uh, visualization techniques now in order to, we, we can, like you said earlier, we, we're going to be able to get as, as fit as we want during these times, hopefully. 
uh, if we're if we're disciplined. But uh, the sharpness of our game is not uh, going to um, improve, unfortunately. Perhaps maybe through visualization, uh, we could maintain uh, some measure of uh, a squash uh, eye. Yeah. So. Th- I, I remember that story. I'm not, I'm not familiar with the book, but um, you know, visual, visual, visualization is a is a very important part uh, of the of the mental um, uh, strengthening. If you go to my website, uh, mentaltrainercertification.com, there's a video there that that talks all about visualization and a test that they did. Um, where they had, uh, I think, a bunch of basketball players that uh, actually played physical basketball and and another group that just visualized playing basketball and uh <laughs> turns yeah. out at the at the at the end of at the end of the test both both groups scored almost the same we also know that that sprinters have been uh tested uh using mind mapping and and, and so forth and where they they pull the trigger for the gun and and the sprinter runs through through the race and uh hurdles or or, or straight sprint and they found that the um, the times you know the the runner would tell them when they when they started and stopped times would be almost identical to the real times uh, to the split second. Mm. So mm. what's going on in in your head is um, in your mind is 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 very critical and you can build neural pathways. So what's happening really is you know when when you're thinking about something you're and especially if it's a specific action the muscles uh, don't have memory. What's happening is your brain will send a, a message to your muscles to trigger that muscle to contract or expand. What's going on there is that you know you're you're sending that messaging and there's a time time frame with what's going on. So you can definitely uh, use that information to to recall to recall the neural pathways when the time comes to get back onto the squash court. So definitely you can you can rehearse re- rehearse uh, strokes. Um, I would break it down personally into there's, there's, there's two ways. Depends on what your what your goals are, but there's two or three ways to do this. One is to break down each stroke so that you're focusing on one stroke and you're visualizing visualizing that in your mind. And so the other the other thing basically is it's, so you build up one stroke, say the forehand drives, the backhand drive, the serve, the lob, um, drop shots, volleys, um, both etc. And and then the um, second thing is depending on your goal. If you have a tournament coming up, um, one of the things that that uh, you know I, I like my students to work on is is visualizing the outcome. Mm-hmm. So let's let's say that um, player wants to win a tournament, um, and we'll we'll do something which which jumps ahead of all the other all the other uh, steps basically. So we'll go straight to the award presentation. Right, which is the reward section of, of the habit loop. Um, but you go to the to the end of the event, and you are presented with the trophy, the medal, prize, whatever it is, and you go through that visualization. So if you think about it, if you if you've won the tournament, then everything else preceding that would have fallen into place. You would have mm-hmm. played well. You wouldn't have had any uh, injuries. The referees would have been in your favor. Um, all these things that people get, um, you know, sometimes use as, uses as excuses to uh, to to rationalize what I call rationalize rational lies. You convince yourself that these things are are the cause, but mm-hmm. the truth is, you're responsible for every every thought. Um, you're the one that's that's in your mind. You're the 
influencer. Um, but you have to do it consciously first. And then once you're visualizing the outcome, um, then if you, if you do it properly, consistently, and you build those neural pathways, then it becomes so true for you and so believable that it doesn't matter what you come up to, the outcome has to be the outcome that you visualize. And right. I think if, if that, um, that war veteran uh, did it for two years, um, definitely, you know, it, it built those neural pathways uh, sufficiently enough that, um, that when he got onto the, uh, onto the, uh, the golf course, it's, it's what happened. And so how, where I got this, why I borrowed this, it, that, that sort of line of thinking was uh, there was a, a golfer that when he was in college, he used to practice putting on the green jacket for the, for the U.S. Open. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. So he'd get his, he get his uh, his um, his roommate to put on this green jacket every like every weekend, and you know he he go through the motions. Um, he found himself an actual green jacket, and then years later when he got onto the pro circuit, this guy eventually won won the um, won the green jacket, which represents the trophy for yeah. for that tournament, right? So you know he did it so many times that he thought this, this is you know this was something that he actually believed he could do. So you know that visualization is nothing more than. Um, consciously writing down and training your mind to do something and then quietening your mind, building those zero pathways and then focusing on achieving that goal. I guess like for, for Joe, maybe for Joe squash player out there for, for the average player and uh, maybe, maybe they want to, if they want to sort of uh, just stay mentally in, into uh, the game, maybe, maybe they could visualize uh, themselves playing, playing, uh, playing a great rally over and over and over again. So maybe like 20 minutes of uh, squash rally uh, at their best sort of kind of meditation kind of thing. Yeah. So, so you can break it down uh, as far like those are, those are two, two ways you could do it. You got, either do the individual strokes, you can do the, the final outcome, and then you can do the in-between, which is what, what you just pointed out, um, playing the ideal rally. Um, and, I, and actually, I remember Jahangir had a, had a cassette tape back in those days where he, he used a, um, some sort of a hypnosis um, uh, audio tape where he would actually visualize playing exactly what you just said, a, an, an ideal rally. So tape actually went through a description of the rally so he could physically or mentally prepare himself for the physical uh, outcome of, of that rally so that when he got on the court um, it was already embedded in his mind that he would play that rally he would mm. run to the ball he would serve the ball properly um, he would hit a, an excellent uh, length to the back of the court drop shots would be perfect uh, he would pick up any drop shots um, hit the perfect lob um, and all, all the shots, you know, were, were, uh, were already laid out in this guided hypnosis. So again, what I would recommend anyone if they wanted to do that was to first of all, write out the, the, each, each shot that was being played and then visualize how you would play that shot and then connect them one by one. I mean, you, it, it, this could actually be a very fun game to do and you can actually probably do it um if you if you com got committed and and did enough of it you could probably <laughs> create a, an entire game um using what you just uh what, mm. what you just described it would yeah, actually be very interesting yeah. <laughs> yeah i think i think under under these circumstances right now we're going to come up with uh you know people are going to come up with really unique ways of uh keeping themselves on the quote unquote uh squash court until we actually get back on the court yeah exactly i mean this this is this is something that's good it's it's, it's gonna help it's gonna help us and, you know i've been 
I've been explaining this to players for, for a while now. And, and um, sometimes uh, the world has to quieten down before we can listen to our, to our thoughts. And it's, it's almost like nature is telling us to take a break, relax, mm. reset, um, meditate. There's, there's a great, actually, there's a great morning ritual that, that I recommend to, to everyone um, that they do. And, and uh, it's, it's from a book called The Morning Miracle. And it's the six steps. And to start it off, uh, you don't have to do it for very long. Um, and basically, you start off with a meditation. So you're just focusing on the breathing, breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. You can start off doing it for one minute. Um, he recommends in the book, I think, doing it for two minutes or, or so, so forth. And then the second step is to do some uh, visualization. So it's just like meditation, basically, but you're visualizing on a goal, on uh, accomplishing a goal. So not goal setting, but goal achieving. So there's a big difference in choosing words. So a goal that you've already set or something you have uh, already in play. Right. right. So it's it's a goal that, that you've already set, but you haven't visualized it. So you haven't been thinking about it in a quiet, uh, relaxed state. Um, the third thing is, is reading. So you read for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Um, again, if, you, if you're not a big reader, then you can just do for a few minutes. But the idea is to do a little bit of reading every day, every morning. Um, of course, do a little bit of exercising, uh, get the blood flowing. And again, getting the blood communicating. I, I think one of the things that you know, I mentioned earlier about the body, all the organs communicating with each other, once you get the blood flowing, that's that's helping all the organs to communicate with each other much better. So you do a little bit of uh, exercising with it, jumping jacks, um, sit-ups, uh, push-ups, a combination of, of all three. And then uh, another thing that you, you'd want to do is um, journaling. So you want to journal a little bit, um, which might be planning your day or planning your week um, or reflecting on, on the week uh, that pe- that's passed, um, but any kind of journaling. And then the last and final thing would be uh, gratitude list now i'm a big fan of the gratitude list um as many of you know but uh you know you want to you want to write down at least five things that you're grateful for that has happened and then something new that we're introducing um in level two uh, which is called the intention list which is basically five things that has not happened but you are grateful for again you're doing this in advance so Mm -hmm. the only way to get something um to accomplish your goal is to believe that you already have it and that's uh, great once that's... your mind once yeah once your mind catches up with your or your body catches up with your mind then um it's done you, so we go through just the just quickly the uh five steps right step one six, uh, six. six steps step one is meditating meditating step two visualization visualization Step three, yep. little ec- uh, little exercise. Exercise, yeah. Four, reading. Reading. Five, journaling. Journaling. Six, gratitude. Uh, gratitude list. Perfect, mate. Yep. Perfect. Well, that, that's good stuff. Now, you've been great with your time, uh, Max. Uh, but before we, we sign off here, I just wanted to ask you, uh, I saw that you'd posted up there on, on your, your Facebook page, the Cartagena Film Festival is uh fast or has passed or is it's uh i guess i guess uh is that has that been canceled or it has been canceled it has everything been canceled. Yeah, a, a, yeah everything everything has been canceled um as of last week okay uh, it, yeah. it opened for it opened for i think one or two days right and and then the the president here acted very fast i think he did a great job he shut down all international flights uh 
they were the old city, which is where um, all of these activities happened, was right. completely shut down. Uh, we started a curfew last week, which was 6 p.m. to 9, to, sorry, for 6 p.m. to 4 a.m. and 24 hours on the weekend. Um, and then starting mm. this Wednesday, we're going to have a complete shutdown uh, for 19 days. So right. it seems to be w one of the biggest and, you know, obviously that's that's the way that the, the virus has been spreading um, the most. And uh, so, you know, the big, uh, the big words that, 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 that are being used these days is uh, social distancing. Social distancing, distancing yeah. Well, the big push to stem the stem and stop the the spread, isn't it? Yeah. yeah so it's it's not going to um, eliminate it. We still need the vaccine, no. which w yeah, which yeah. could take a year to eight, eighteen months or more. Um, but I think everything's being fast tracked for this. So obviously, it's just way too many casualties. So we have to um, we have to figure it out. And, and there's a lot of science uh, groups that are doctors and, and epidemiologists, um, specialists. And, yeah. Yep. That are that, that are figuring out. I think I think it'll be faster than. In a year, I think by the end of the year or even before, we'll have something to, um, and then we'll have to test it, and then we'll have to manufacture yep. enough to get them out there. But well, I was going to ask you about the the film festival, uh, the Cartagena Film Festival. In the past, I mean, I've seen your uh, you've posted pictures uh, of yourself getting jiggy with it with uh, with Will Smith. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he was he was not actually at the film festival, but he did. He was he there for a movie, movie, right? Making a movie. He filmed yeah. a movie a couple of years ago okay. called Gemini Man. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but apparently, I, I, uh, I have, uh, Susan Sarandon and uh, my, my, one of my favorite actors of all time, uh, Harvey Keitel. Did you did you yes, meet Harvey? I, I didn't. You know, I didn't. I didn't <laughs> oh no, I didn't yeah. meet Harvey. He, yeah, he's, he's a he's legend. Been some, he's been in some crazy movies. <laughs> well, he was great. Did you see? Uh, you saw The Irishman, didn't you? The, the new, oh the, right, he was. He, he yeah, was he the was Chicago in, uh, mayor. Right, right, right. With the, right, with the right. crazy looking uh, goatee and. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, he's always got some very, very um, unusual characters. Uh, oh, yeah. The piano was usually not the kindest of characters, but. No. Um, but as an actor, the guy's a legend. Oh, he's great. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's amazing. Well, you're amazing yeah, too, had... Max. Uh, really appreciate your time uh, today and uh, play it safe over there. Um, you know, keep up the great work that you're doing with the mental. Just go through your the mental, uh, the your your social platform, if you wouldn't mind, again, before we sign off. Well, so we've, we've got, um, yeah, the, the website for the coaching is uh, mentaltrainercertification.com. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, when we get back in business and start renting properties, it's a uh, Scrupa Maximo Agency, tma-ltda.co. And um, and the other, the third business that I, that I talked to you about um, is my maximedia.ca, which is uh, which is an advertising platform. Uh, we're building a new app. Um, that's keeping me busy right now for, for the shopping industry, uh, looking for investors to, to do that. And it's actually, you know, if I could speak to, about that for, for a quick second um, before we finish. I've been working on this for, for a few years and I've had a system up uh, where people, uh, grocery stores can actually, uh, retailers can, can create their, uh, their flyers online. But what I realized at the end of last year, before all of this actually came, you know, became a national um, uh, scene is, is, is that we could actually do this faster. And, and the app that I'm creating was, um, is actually designed to, to, I had several visions, but it, it could actually help people get in and out of the grocery store much faster, um, mm. creating a list and, and so forth. So, um, you know, I'm hoping, you know, the vision, the vision originally was to, to help shoppers to do this and to help, um, to help uh, wait a lot of the, a lot of the food is being wasted in, in the world. And God knows that we know 
but we need all that extra food now. So one of the visions was actually to save the approximately $165 billion worth of food that was that was being thrown out every, every year and um, billions of gallons of water that was being wasted um, and all the needy that, you know, that, that, are, that were suffering even before this epidemic started. Uh, you know, the, so one of the visions was to help those, those three sections of, of our world. Um, and I realized that, that the, that the app could actually accomplish that now. And, you know, now that we have to limit ourselves in, in stores and, and going outside, this is, this might be, you know, one of the solutions to help reduce. Yeah, uh, definitely social. sounds like, like possibility for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So if you know anyone in Dubai, let me know, please. <laughs> well, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'll spread the word and, uh, I'll take a look at it and, and, uh, try to get my head around it. And, uh, Maybe you can send me some, PM me some, uh, some details on it and I'll sure. yeah, send I'd, it around. I'd appreciate that, Jerry. Yeah. Well, Max, yeah, I, re- I appreciate you, man. Uh, all the best to you, your family, and stay, uh, stay safe. Thank you, Jerry. And same to you. Um, thanks again for doing your hard work and uh, let's spread the good word, man. Let's do it, buddy. Thank you okay. so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Jerry. Yeah, well, thanks again, Max, for that. That was really enjoyable. Always great catching up with uh, with Max Withers, uh, and there's always a great range of topics when we uh, when we get together. Uh, all the best to him and uh, his family in Cartagena, and uh, hopefully things uh, there uh, return to normalcy soon. Just to also like to wish that same uh, sentiment to every every one of you uh, out there. Be safe and be well. Uh, over here in the UAE, uh, yeah, we were under home uh, isolation uh, this weekend for three days. They're doing a, some sort of sterilization uh, initiative uh, across the country. So we've been uh, between the hours of uh, 8 p.m. and 6 a.m. We've been uh, had to be inside. Uh, during the days, we're allowed out but not uh, only for uh, only for uh, essential things like going to the supermarket but um, I've been uh, trying to stay fit uh, I'm actually I'm actually uh, doing quite well with that been doing a lot of running doing you know the the basic uh, you know uh, in circuit training uh, things that you can do body weight exercises but the running's been particularly uh, beneficial I've been you know, cutting my 5K time down by one minute uh, quite a bit lately. I'm not sure how much longer that's going to last, but it's down to 20, uh, 24 minutes now. I used to be able to run it in between 20 and 21 minutes quite regularly back 10 years ago or so. Then I stopped uh, the running altogether. Uh, it started to bother my hammies, but uh, now uh, I'm managing to get back into it. It's not too... Uh, not too much discomfort there and it's really you know i feel much lighter uh out there so it's been beneficial so we'll see if i can take another minute off of that time tomorrow it's down to uh to 24 minutes i think you know if i've just it's all about pushing hard and uh you know no pain no gain that type of thing i was breathing quite heavily when i finished my run uh yesterday but at the end of it to to see that i'd cut another minute off my time since I started about uh, a month ago started back doing the the uh, routine running like three four times a week uh, it's really uh, really motivating to see that you can do that so I hope for all of you you're managing to do uh, things similar to that uh, with regard to the podcast we've got Victor Coin coming up uh, very very soon so that'll be in an exciting one. He's a great young talent. I think he's won at least nine uh, PSA 
title since he uh, in his young career already. Uh, he's uh, he's a U.S. Varsity uh, National Individual Champion of 2019. He lost out early uh, in that event uh, this year. We're going to be talking a bit about that uh, his PSA and and what it's like being at Harvard. Uh, so stay tuned for that. That's coming up soon. Roy Gingell. Roy Gingell will be on as well, we're hoping, and I've been in contact with him, so we're going to schedule something in the next uh, few weeks. And I've got a few other uh, excellent ones coming up, but I don't want to jinx them uh, just yet. we got to firm things up a bit uh, there. So at any rate, everyone, thanks again for listening. Be safe. Do what you can to stem the spread of COVID. You know, follow all rules and regulations that are being laid down by, by your your government, uh, by uh, your municipality, whatever, uh, whoever's making those rules. Please follow along. Please wash your hands regularly. Do what you can and stay safe, stay healthy, and all the best to you. Uh, take care. Goodbye now.